Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 144. Hey there, localists. This is Nick Unsworth of Life on Fire. Welcome you to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. Today's podcast is jam-packed with tips, strategies, and the motivation you need to take your business to the next level. I'm excited about what you'll learn from today's interview. And don't forget that choosing local when you have the opportunity is vital to your community. So now, let me introduce your host, Christy Hostler, with today's interview. Localists, before we get to today's content, I wanted to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Team Podcast. Team Podcast is the one-stop shop for all your podcast support services. So if you have a podcast or are thinking of starting a podcast and you're going to be overwhelmed with all of the tasks that go along with providing great podcasts, they take care of everything you need, show notes, audio editing, social media, custom graphics for each episode. They can do it all. And the great news is you only only pay one low price, and you only deal with one account manager, not six or seven virtual assistants. So simply go to teampodcast.com, that's teampodcast.com, and take advantage of their package of services today. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and as always today, I'm your host. And I am so glad that you've joined us for today's interview. Now, you're going to love listening to this guest. Today's guest, well, she's a woman on a mission. Angie Swartz is a business coach, and she's got an amazing background in finance, marketing, and she has many other skill sets that she puts to work for her clients. Now, she's also done something else because she's recently taken her business to a different level by launching a podcast as well. And so she's here today to talk about her business journey in local business and even in life. So please join me in welcoming to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast, the host of the Life Purpose Advisor podcast, Miss Angie Swartz. Thanks so much for coming, Angie. Oh, my pleasure, Christy. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you with us today. And, you know, I just gave, you've got so many credits to your name and so many, so many actually kind of parts of your personality that we could talk about. And uh, I kind of couldn't fit them all in uh, and give a real brief synopsis. But can you kind of take us a little more in depth with the story of you and tell us about personally, professionally, and any other things that you think maybe we would need to know about you to get to know you a little bit better? I would love to. It's, as you said, it's a bit of a long story, um, but I left my corporate career after um, being pretty successful, successful and on the, on the fast track on the corporate ladder, um, kind of unexpectedly. I uh, went on a business trip to Australia. I was working lots and lots of hours and came back, had just enough time, uh, took some vacation there, had just enough time to realize when I came back that hey, this isn't what I want to do. Um, so I took a sabbatical, and then that wasn't enough time, took another sabbatical, and then decided it's time for me to do something different. So, And as I believe the universe kind of pushes us in the direction that it wants us to go, um, uh-huh. I got pregnant at that time. Ah. <laughs> and I was 37. Um, I had been very busy in my career, and uh, my husband and I at the time, we were both, uh, you know, 60, 70-hour corporate workers, and yeah. um, and that's a big life change. So um, my background was in, uh, I have a degree in accounting, undergrad degree in accounting, and minor in interpersonal communications, and an executive MBA. Um, so I was very much on the path, uh, at least I thought, and wanted to be a general manager of a medium-sized company. Yeah, wow. Isn't it funny how stuff like, you know, it, it, stuff comes up in our lives that we don't even realize is directing us toward that purpose or that next thing. And so it's like all these things come together and then the baby effect on top of it. And boy, it really makes you evaluate your values and your priorities and you think this is this whole thing that I've been working for all this time is not what I want. It's not anywhere near the life that I dreamed of. So yeah, it's it's quite the wake up call and it's very scary. It's a very unsettling thought. I can remember being on jobs before and you think, you know, every time you get a new job, you think, Oh my gosh, this is it. This is so great. I mean, finally I've got the job that is so suited for me and the company's awesome. And then like two weeks in, you have that realization 
that, oh, my God, this is what I'm going to be doing the next 20 years if I don't do something about it. You know what I mean? It's just almost like that finding out that the person you uh, fell in love with you're no longer in love with anymore. And so it's just – it's so disheartening. But I think so many people have done that, but they don't know what to do after that or they don't know what to do about that. So let's start with you giving us a little bit of background. After you left your corporate job, which, of course, is – that's what so many people aspire to do right now. But you started a business. You went out on your own and you started your business. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that path and then kind of how it's evolved since you started it? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, and as you said, and and in my programs, Life Purpose Advisor programs, I very, uh, very much believe that everything on a, that happens in our life is for a purpose and that we're always being directed, but we can't really see that until we're ready to know it. But with regard to my own background, so I left my corporate career, had my daughter, um, who's just about to turn 10, uh, this weekend actually, and she, um, she was, has been my biggest teacher, uh, for sure, and is still my biggest teacher. You know, I thought it was by far harder to be uh, a stay-at-home mom with an infant than it was to manage 100 employees around the globe. Um, and that was quite a learning experience and personal development time in my life. And I'm not wired to be a stay-at-home mom. So I think, you know, I'm lucky that that nobody died in my family during that time. Um, it was a great time to be home with her. But through a series of events, um, I was always interested in personal development. And through a series of events, I started studying different tools. And uh, one of the tools that I studied was the Ultimate Life Tool, which is listed on my website today, um, an organization that I still support. And I served on their board of directors for a while. And they, are, they have an, a very deep assessment tool um, that's much more uh, insightful than, say, a Myers-Briggs, which I really like, mm. um, or a Strengths Finder, which is very popular out there today. But, right. but I started coaching clients with them and using their tool and working on their business processes. And at the same time, I was getting involved in, um, in organizations that support parenting. And what I noticed oh. was there were no groups out there that really fit me. I was different than a lot of the younger moms because as I mentioned before, I was 38 when I had my daughter. So through a series of events, um, I uh, started a group with a local hospital here with Scripps Hospital for professional women that had children at older ages. And that was the beginning of my coaching. Um, mm. And through that, uh, we had speakers every month and um, met and, and the women really co-mentored each other. But I started coaching then and um, working with clients. And then along came social media. And, ah. um, and I met uh, a person who then became my business partner. And we both were just drinking social media like it was Kool-Aid. And we met a lot of the influencers in that uh, industry and we decided all of our clients started asking for social media services because they knew we were very into it. And that mm. was the birth of a company called Square Martini Media, which was a boutique oh, wow. social media agency, which I owned with a partner, Alan Undercoffler, for um, about four years. And so we did wow. social media strategy for small to medium sized uh, businesses around the U.S. and Canada. And I spoke a lot for mm. people out there listening in your audience, like starting a business is hard work. Yes. It's not yeah. easy. It's not um, it's not something that, hey, I can quit my job and I can do this and I'll have so much more freedom. That's all mm. true. You will have much more freedom, but it's a lot of work. It um, is. And that industry was moving very quickly. And our our aid, we were very interested in strategy and our business was changing into um, a staffing agency because that's where the market was going. Labor was becoming much cheaper. Um, and so my partner, the big point in this long story is my partner and I both had big heartstring pulls to do different things. Like I knew that I wanted to work on something to help raise consciousness. So we had to make the very hard decision um, to close our business and wow. and pursue our our heart's desires. And that was the birth of what I do now. Um, Life Purpose Advisor is going to be three years old this summer. And it's really my calling. It's really what I'm wow. here to do. No question. And there's nothing like that feeling. Now, let me ask you this, Angie, because, you know, you mentioned that it, you kind of got your start in your business through really doing some volunteer type work. Right. I mean, that was that was kind of the ground floor. I mean, you, you did that without really the intention of starting a business. Right. Yes. My intention wasn't even to start the group. 
Yeah, and so so that led to one thing, which then led you to the next thing. Um, and then ultimately, you know, several years down the road, you kind of got to the point where you felt like you knew what your life's calling was, or at least your calling for that point in time in your life. And I think, you know, it's so important to go back and to, to let people realize that the first thing you do when you leave a corporate job or when you try to follow your own, you know, path in life, might not be ultimately what you end up doing forever, but it can be a very important stepping stone for the next thing or the next thing, even the relationships that you formed. I mean, it was the relationships that you formed while you were trying to make a difference in your community and getting involved in these nonprofit organizations, volunteering, that really was the catalyst for starting your first business. So um, I don't want to gl gloss over that because you're right, it is hard to do business and it is hard to start a business, but it's not a failure when the first your first thing out of the gate is not ultimately what you want to do forever. It's so true. And, and one of the things that the fallacy, I think, that's out there for people that working in um, corporate positions or nine to five jobs is that they have to figure it out before they can make a step. And mm -hmm. as you indicated, oftentimes um, it's not really possible to do that because we're stressed out. We're not, we don't have the clarity to really think about where we want to take our lives. Um, because it's a big change in mentality from being a corporate employee to being an entrepreneur who is in charge of everything. Sure. That is, and that's so, I think it's so true. You know, I, I've always hear, um, counselors and other people make the statements that, you know, when you're, you're stressed or when you have a lot going on in your life, it is not the time to make big life decisions. And, you know, because you're, you're right, you don't have the clarity and you don't have um, just the perspective that you need sometimes. But sometimes you have enough to take that step that will get you to the next step that will ultimately get you where you want to go. So um, I don't want people to feel like they're a failure if they left a corporate job and just started something to kind of get them out and get get their feet wet, so to speak. And then once you do that, you begin to acquire a different skill set. You begin to acquire different contacts. And, you know, it's even very different networking whenever you go from working for a company where, uh, you know, they have things in place to, you know, to network and drive their sales funnel to being the business owner. And now suddenly everything you do is in some ways a, a sales call, a networking obligation um, as your business, you know, and, and I think that's so important to, for people to realize that there's a, there's a difference and you gain, you, you get your training wheels and then you gain your freedom once you gain a different skill set. So uh, I think you point out some very, very important parts of that journey that people sometimes don't, don't really get to reflect on. Yeah, it's really like a river, isn't it? And, yeah. and the, the task at hand is to not hold it too tightly um, because ah. it's going to take you somewhere. Um, that you've never imagined. Interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that, but that is a good, a very good analogy. Now, let me ask you this, because whenever you got started, you mentioned um, you were you were just involved in some groups for really for your own benefit and kind of in the demographic you were in at the time being a, a new mom. Were there some community resources that you found helpful in starting any of these businesses that you've started? Well, I think there's many. You know, there's many community resources out there. And um, at the time, I was out reaching out, looking at lots of different groups. And what I experienced was um, a lot of groups that weren't really meeting my personal needs until I mm -hmm. started really um, discovering what 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 I was seeking and then I could more target ah. my efforts. But I, in the early days, I've used SCORE services, which I oh, highly okay. recommend. Um, okay. I've been member of Chamber of Commerce. Um, I've been in mastermind groups for people. I was in a, a mastermind group for people that were leaving a corporate life trying to become an independent mm. business. And I think that's really important, you know, to find your tribe, you know, be out there, sure. find people that are trying to do what you're doing and make sure there's some people in there that are a, a few steps ahead of you, you know, that have always mm -hmm. done some of those things. But, um, but I'm, I'm big in getting out into the community and, and seeing what groups are functioning and who's doing what. And um, those things were all very instrumental from a community standpoint. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is just, starting to make the connections. I mean, sometimes people don't really, you don't really know um, 
what the relationship is going to lead to. But if you if you start just trying to connect with people, not even to sell them anything, not to, you know, give them a business card and say, you know, go, here's my product or, or anything like that. But just just to connect. I mean, they might be in a completely different business you are and they might be your best business resource for tips for starting your business or growing your business or marketing your business or whatever it is so um, just making those connections I think is important and sometimes that's the hardest part is just getting to those events and those places where you put yourself open to uh, the connections and the other things within the business community right I think one more thing on that I think the, sure the other thing that's really important is I uh, have always been a believer of finding the number one person in this in the industry that you're interested oh. in and meeting them um, because I think you can learn a lot from the influencers that are that are out there uh, leading where you're trying to go um, so I think it's important for your listeners to to remember that it's very easy to meet anyone these days. Sure. And why not meet the person that's the number one spot in the game that you're trying to play? And don't I know there's a little bit of an intimidation factor with that. And if you can, can you kind of talk to that a little bit? Because I know at some point you've had, um, you know, you, you feel like you're the little peon, you know, the imposter syndrome kicks in and you think, who am I to go and approach this person or that person? Do you have any tips for that or for how um, you can connect without, really putting yourself out there for rejection? You know, um, rejection is part of it, for sure. And, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to, if you reach out to meet 10 people, you're probably not going to meet every one of them, but you'll meet eight, you know, or you'll meet ah, seven. Right. And that's the important part. Um, any, almost every success story that's out there from, you know, actors to uh, to entrepreneurs like us, they all have stories where something didn't work out. But the biggest right. mistake is not trying. So I think it with social media today, it's very easy to make contact sure. with many people. And, you know, just knowing that it's not personal and mm -hmm. they're just people too. And, you know, connecting with people through LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook and sending a message and also going to events where those people are and, mm -hmm. you know, sitting in the front row or offering to yeah. be assistance or, you know, grabbing a bottle of water for someone that you need that knows one, you know, it's really going back to that golden rule um, because celebrities um, need people to be nice to them as well. And, sure. you know, maybe they're not all celebrities that you're speaking with, but, um, but I think the most important thing with that is to just try, you know, be out there yeah. trying and you'll be amazed at what happens. Well, and I think, too, sometimes, you know, it's it's not so much um, that somebody is rejecting you if you don't hear back from somebody when you reach out. Sometimes it's just a matter of it's the wrong timing. Sometimes it's a matter of the message never gets through to them or they don't see it or they, you know, it gets lost somehow. So, you know, I think following up or not being afraid to give it a certain amount of time and following back up, you know, is, is not a bad thing. And as well, you know, you've you've use LinkedIn for a long time, as have I. And, uh, you know, there's some cardinal rules for reaching out to people. And, you know, one of them is not trying to sell them something in the first <laughs> the first introduction or, hey, I've got this course or I've got this program or I've got whatever. You know, you lead with value and what can you do um, for them. And so I think it's really, really important um, to try to get some get some information about them that, that will give you a way to provide them value so you're not just being a taker from the get-go. Absolutely. And and you've mentioned that point about not selling a couple times. And, and I think the rule of thumb is, you know, to never think about selling um, yeah. until the opportunity arises to, to sure. be of service to the people around you, give a lot of things away within reason. Yeah. Um, and the, the right time will come. But it's, it will. But it's yeah. not probably not in the first month unless somebody no. is specifically <laughs> looking for your services. Yeah, it's not. And it's 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 one of those things that you risk putting a relationship uh, completely in a different ballpark than you are <laughs> trying to play in when you go that route. So work on the relationship first and then go for the sales later. Now, Angie, I wanted you to talk a little bit about. You know, the fear, you mentioned it, the, how scary it is to leave um, the security of a good job, especially one that, you you know, you're, you're finding success in. You're getting uh, the big paychecks. you got the big benefits. You, you travel. You're in charge of people, all these things, and yet you're going to walk away from it, which from, from what seemingly is the perfect life, and try to start all over. 
Can you talk a little bit about that fear and just how scary it was for you whenever you did that and what you kind of did to overcome that? Mm, that's a very rich, big question. And, <laughs> um, you know, I'm working with a couple clients that are working through that right now. And and it's a big thing. It's a very big thing that most people that are going through transition go through. And it's a very important part of it, I think. But for me personally, um, you know, I think I was a little naive in the beginning about how easy it was going to be to start a new business. Um, but I think we all are. Don't you think we all go in with a little bit of rose colored glasses? I mean, that optimism is what makes us able to do that in the first place. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that read statistics that say, well, it's going to be three to five years until your business is profitable. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, well, that's most people, but that's not me. It's not going to take that yeah. long. But they didn't know as much as I do or, <laughs> or, or don't have the connections I have or whatever it is. It, and it's just our ego talking about that. Yeah. But but I think those statistics are, are um, pretty pretty true. Like it's important to know you're going to be investing in your business. But to get back to your question, um, you know, my biggest fear was about looking back. I wouldn't have been able to say this then, but my biggest fear was really about my own ego and my own identity um, because I'd been on this course without question for a long, long time, 20 years. Um, and then all of a sudden I wanted to be somebody different. And that's very unsettling to know that, you know, I, I have worked in some five really big successful companies and worked lots of hours and um, always been a very work hard, play hard person. But when I decided that wasn't going to be who I was anymore, I didn't know who I was at all because it was such yeah. a big part of my identity. And one of the things that I think is really important and I recommend to people is it's important to have your own personal board of directors once you decide you're going to leave. You know, get those people around you, coaches, mentors, other entrepreneurs, your tax accountant, a therapist if you need them. You know, what whatever you need, make sure you've got that team around you because you're used to having that in the corporate setting. And then there you are, a solopreneur. Um, trying to work things out, you know, you need you need someone that can help you with marketing and teach you about sales because sales in an entrepreneurial business are not the same, even if you did sales in house somewhere. Sure. Yeah, that's you know it's it's interesting though because even though you you know you talk about becoming someone else and and you know there's a lot of pressure even from people that are on the outside of your lives looking in whether it's family members or other people and. You know, it would be so easy if you could do one thing on a particular day and say, ah, good, I've taken care of all my doubts. And then, you you know, never have doubts rise up again. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. It sure like, doesn't. You, know, you, can, you can go, you know, you think, okay, I've, I'm, you know, ugh, I've had an awesome week. And then you have a conversation with your mother or your father or your, you know, sister or brother. And they're like, what the heck have you done with your life? You know, what are you going to do if you fall flat on your face? And there you are right back in the doubting mode again. And, you know, it's just it's a perpetual thing. So having that support system around you to help talk you down from the ledge whenever you get to that point or even pump you up whenever you've been defeated and, um, you know, beaten down by either the circumstances or other people that are in your life, I think is so critical because that's the point that many people can't push through to get to the other side when they truly can ultimately believe in their skill set. You know, we're proving it things to ourselves every day as business owners. And when you can't push through that and you're never going to have the success that you need. So, well, and something really important about what you said about family and friends, it, the people that are having doubts, you know, they're reflecting their own fears. And, yes. and if you're, if you have to think about who you're talking to, sure. If you're talking to, everyone that works in a corporate position and you're the only entrepreneur, you can't mm -hmm. take advice from those folks. You just can't. That is such a good point. So, you know, that whole, you know, old cliche of consider the source. It really is critical here because you're right. Why would you ever to, I mean, it's, it's like taking financial advice from someone that's never made a dollar before. You know, why would you do that if they haven't been down the road? You cannot take advice from them. But again, how important it is to surround yourself with like-minded people who understand. You just got to keep pushing through. This is normal. This will happen. Or you know what? You're almost there. Just keep keep struggling and keep pushing um, because nothing's ever going to be taking off right out of the gate and you're never going to have to worry about 
doing a business plan again. You know, it's almost this perpetual evolution that we keep doing over and over again as entrepreneurs and business owners. So um, any point along the pathway, somebody can come along and set us back just because we give their opinion too much value. For sure. So let me ask you this. You mentioned um, having coaches and, and those personal board of directors, so to speak. Have you had any sort of business coach or mentor that's kind of helped shape your uh, business that you started? I have had many. Um, okay, tell and, us about this. What do you get from them? It, it's it's a big belief of mine that you need those sorts of folks around you. So I've worked with, um, w well, let me step back for a minute. One of the things that I believe happens when you become an entrepreneur is anything unsettled in your life comes to the surface. So there's mm. a big opportunity for emotional healing to occur. And I believe okay. that's true in everybody's life. Um, and um, so I've worked with people on that side. I've worked with, um, let's see, I've worked with uh, with spiritual counselors. I've okay. worked with a therapist. Um, I have worked with uh, subject matter business coaching experts, for example, mm -hmm. on um on, on digital marketing, even though I have a level of expertise myself in that mm -hmm. area, there's so much more to learn. Sure. Um, I have a tax accountant that I've worked with that I would consider a business coach of some sorts. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think there have been others, but I've always been working with someone that pushes me. The first, um, the first coach that I ever worked with was a high-ticket coach. And what I learned from working with her, so it was something like $3,000 for three sessions and one group call or wow. something, something insane. Wow. But yeah. Um, and but I can tell you, because of the the value that I put on those calls, boy, did I work in between them to get my to do list mm. done. And so what I've found is when you're working with coaches, they're pushing your momentum faster than you would normally mm -hmm. um, normally go. Uh, I recently uh, have a have a colleague who was going through a coaching program and she needed a she needed a student and she said, can can you be my coaching client? And um, and even in that setting, I found myself going, oh, I need to tidy this up before I show it, show uh, it to her, or this has been uh -huh. on the back burner. I need to pull that to the front and check that off the list. Um, so I think in this transition or the life of being an entrepreneur that mentors and coaches are, are the cat's meow, <laughs> really. They're yeah. so important for us. Well, and, and I think, you know, having that level-headed person that kind of sees you more objectively than your friends or your family, but at the same time, you know, let's face it, you can't BS a coach whenever, you know, whenever you might be able to tell your spouse, oh, well, I wasn't able to get this or that accomplished today because of this, that, and the other, they might believe it. But your coach knows that those are just task avoidance tactics or that they're just excuses because there's a confidence issue or there's a, they're excuses because you're scared or, you know what I mean? They, they can really get down to the heart of what it is that's really holding you back and call you on it and then go ahead and say, you know what, you got to push through. You've got to go ahead and do this and hold your feet to the fire, which most of our friends and family and people in our circle can't really get away with doing. It's so true. <laughs> we won't let them. We'll, we pay them back. But our coaches, you know, they, they have a whole different relationship. So I completely agree with what you're saying. And although some people, you know, have a hard time justifying spending money on a coach or a program, the statistics, I think, show that the people that make that investment end up miles ahead of everyone else so much faster. Do you agree? I mean, do you agree with that? That it's just it's like it takes your learning curve and hits you at warp speed with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I'm a lifelong learner um, mm -hmm. and I know not everybody is, but right. Most likely, if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, you're, you've got that gene as well. Yes. Um, yes. And and you can get so far by teaching yourself and reading books. But there's nothing like being in a program with a, a lot of other fast learners Sure. Um, because it's not when you're in a program that's open to, let's say, a mastermind group or a class, mm -hmm. 
um, you know, it's not just the person that's leading the class. It's all the other people that are in class with you that become your sure. friends and your your colleagues uh, and they're in it with you. You know, they want Absolutely. they want your success as much as you do. I love that. And that's that that kind of becomes your new team. You know, whenever you, you go from a team environment or, a, you know, in the corporate levels, you have your teams and that sort of thing. But you use these masterminds and these programs and these other networks of people to really be your team. And I, I love that you're not by yourself whenever you're just struggling out there to make it. So I think that's an awesome piece of advice. Now, Angie, we don't always uh, take a lot of time to focus on failures, but we also know that failures can teach us some really, really critical lessons. And I was wondering if you had a failure that maybe you could share with our listeners that you can kind of maybe help them stay out of the same pit you got in with a failure. Mm, what a rich question. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure if you think back in the recesses of your mind, there might have been a time you failed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think if you haven't failed, you're kidding yourself. Right. You haven't tried hard enough. Isn't that that saying? If you haven't failed yet, you haven't tried hard enough. So for sure, for sure. If you're and and if you're not sitting on the edge, you know you're you're not taking enough yes. risk. For sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but failures. I mean, I think we have failures every every week. I think failing mm -hmm. is a part of being an entrepreneur. For me, I think when I decided that it was the end of my social media business, that it very much felt like a failure, like I was jumping ship um, mm. and because I'm not someone that quits things. Right. Um, but it, in hindsight, it was the right thing to do. But at the time, it was very painful because here I had put my heart and soul into this business for four years sure. um, and and I was changing my mind again. You know, like I, yeah. it, it felt unsettling because I was going in a direction um, that now makes very much sense. But walking away mm -hmm. from something that was really growing was a hard thing. So um, I don't know that I'm really answering your question about failure. But if, if there's anything, a lesson that came out of that for me, um, and, and I'll say that I also believe that everything happens for a reason and that there are sure. no mistakes. But mm -hmm. I, I think people tell you when you're, um, when you're starting a business that you should be a niche business, that you should really yeah. understand your market. Um, and I think that's very sage advice. And I also wish I had known, um, what I know now about, mm -hmm. you know, that, owning a business is a long-term play and yeah. it's a, an investment over time. So I sometimes think about um, had I stayed on the path with my coaching business and where I would be today versus mm -hmm. taking that side trip into social owning a social media agency. But on the other hand, I know that I learned so much rich, valuable content, yes. but I, but it was a hard thing at that time. Mm -hmm. I, I can imagine even, even, you know, explaining like to people whenever you leave one corporate job and you start something and it's successful, it's like, do you, you know, you feel like the most shallow person in the world to be like, oh, well, that wasn't it. Now I got to go on to something else. You know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm not a shallow person. I'm not flighty, but I'm I'm open to all the lessons I'm learning and I'm evolving with that and, and learning and growing. And, and therefore, my business is going to change, too. So I think that's it, it can happen. It can happen to anybody with that. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think as thus far in your career? What do you feel like is your business accomplishment that you are most proud of? Mm, mm. Well, I, I, I was very successful, as I mentioned, in my corporate career um, mm -hmm. and had a lot of accomplishments there. But honestly, I think um, that my biggest accomplishments are when I help someone change their life. I mean, that uh, that's really um, I don't know if that's answering your question. But yeah, that, no, it does that because you're in a position right now that you see that. Right. I mean, with your coaching practice, it, it's when you're working one on one with a person who's thinking about following their heart and there's something in their way and you see mm -hmm. that um, 
that change happen in them. It's there's nothing more rewarding than that for me. And mm. I did a little project um, that we just put out last month. We did testimonial videos with my clients, and mm-hmm. we we set up, I set up a day with um, my lovely intern Heaven, and we we booked. <laughs> uh, isn't that funny? An intern that is with the name awesome. Heaven. I I love it. <laughs> How appropriate. Um, but um, we um, we set up a day and booked appointments with my clients to come in and record video testimonials. And I hadn't anticipated how humbling it would be to sit in a room listening to these people talk about the changes in their lives. Um, and it sometimes brought me to tears. You know, like it. I sometimes feel like or I always feel like, Hey, I work for God now and whatever's in right. front of me is what I'm supposed to be doing. But when you see the results, it's so amazing. Wow. Well, and you see people beginning to love their life again. It's almost like, don't you feel like you, you kind of almost take these, I don't want to say dead people because they're clearly not dead, but emotionally and spiritually and all that, they're just, they're just broken many times. And suddenly whenever you can see them take control of their lives and begin to get their, their feet underneath them, suddenly you start seeing like they're, you breathe new life into them, so to speak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I'll just mention, you know, a lot of the people that I work with are very successful in what they're Mm -hmm. already doing in their lives. It's just not what they want to be doing or they've invested a lot of their lives in a direction and, and because of that, had to let another side of their life fall to the wayside. Um, you know, and I'll going back to your question about failure for a minute. I had the hardest time. I mean, it took me years to be able to call myself a coach. Um, because ah. There's such a stigma to those uh-huh. to those words. But when I finally got to the point of of actually changing lives, I realized it makes no difference what anybody mm-hmm. thinks of me and it makes no difference of what I call myself because this is important work. Absolutely. And I love that you have people that have, I, I, as most outsiders look in, you would think they're at the pinnacle of their career, but they're able to say, you know what, this isn't feeding my soul and this is not what I was put on this earth to do. And so as good as this has been, it's not for me. I've got something bigger to do. And they, they walk away from it. And, and I think, you know, that's empowering. That's empowering for other people to see because it's not like, oh, I got fired from every job I ever had. So by default, I had to make my own way in the world. You know, I mean, these are most of the time you're, that's not what you're dealing with. You're dealing with people that have been successful. And of course, that again creates part of the internal struggle with leaving. Right. I'm sure a lot of your folks that are listening now can relate to that. It's sure, you know, that, that, um, Hey, I have a big hot house, great family, yeah. big car. I take great vacations, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I'm living a life of meaning. And exactly. and then that you turn to the well, what's wrong with me? How, why am I not grateful right. for the life that I uh-huh. have? Um, and it's it's so um, disconcerting when that happens. It is, and you don't don't want to feel like everyone's looking at you like you're an ungrateful schmuck or anything. So you, you feel that external pressure as well. Sometimes we no. are. Sometimes we are yes. ungrateful <laughs> schmucks. And that's that's the lesson. It's time to wake yes. up and, and realize True. that we're very lucky in our lives. True. And courses of our lives will take different, you know, at different parts of our lives will take different courses. And, you know, it could be that, you know, you have a that wake up call, you know, through something that happens with your family or something that happens with a child or whatever. And you think, I have got I've got to spend my time in a different way. I've got to I've got to nurture these relationships. And that is part of the freedom that people are seeking many times when they go into business for themselves. So it's getting those relationships in balance and just kind of putting value on what should be valuable in life rather than the house and the subdivision and the cars and the private schools and, you know, all those sort of niceties that we get from selling our soul <laughs> in some ways to our companies. So. And, and it's, it's, it wouldn't, wouldn't be fair if we didn't say, you know, there are, there are lots of people out there working in corporate jobs that are perfectly happy with what they're yes. doing, but they yes. might have a little pull that they want to do something different. Um, 
And and that's okay too. It doesn't mean yeah. that you need to jump off the bridge and quit your job, but there's so many resources out there. You can develop a couple hobbies. I think I might Absolutely. like to do one of these three things. Well, you mm-hmm. know, there's so many people that can teach you about those things. And maybe you're meant to stay in your job and start a little side business or, yeah. you know, work with a nonprofit. So I just, you know, I don't want anyone out yeah. there listening yeah. to think that that's not perfectly fine. Yeah, it it is. And the thing is, you do see so many people that have had the high-powered jobs that have been blessed financially. And then they turn around and say, I've been blessed and I've got to give back. So that's when they start the nonprofits or they start getting interested in clean water in Africa or other you know causes that really make them uh, feed that social consciousness that is within them. And so that that is an important distinction to make as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Now, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your expertise in social media because um, you do have that skill set. And it is something that many small businesses struggle with. Um, We feel like we've got to be everywhere. We've got to be doing everything. Um, At the same time, we also feel like there's so much noise out there and there's so much chatter. We just can't understand or justify being one of the masses with social media. And so a lot of people really struggle with their small business to find their voice in social media and to find their their preferred channels and that sort of thing. Do you have just any kind of advice that you could give uh, the small business owner about their social media strategy? Well, you, I do, and and we could do a whole interview on this topic. Sure, itself. we could <laughs> absolutely. Um, but you and I are familiar with a, a topic that of defining your avatar, which means, mm-hmm. in loose terms, one person that is your ideal customer that you define um, to a very finite detail, and then you make every decision based on that person. And some people have a few avatars. But but you get very specific about what that person likes and what they do every day and how they spend their time and what their family looks like and where they shop and all those things. Um, and, you know, the important thing for me or what I find that works is still the most effective thing is being in front of people. And I use in, in my business, I use Facebook highly. I use LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, Pinterest, Instagram, um, am I leaving something out there? It seems like I am, but um, video marketing and newsletters, um, YouTube. Um, And that can sound overwhelming, but I think it's important to have a plan. Like how do all these things fit together? As you said, finding your voice, what is it that I want to share about? There was a time when I went, I had a young child and, you know, she was a big part of my life, but I had made the choice not to not to share anything about her at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think those are separate exercises, like who do I want to talk to? Second right. exercise, what do I want to talk about that's, mm-hmm. that's authentic and is really me? What are my own boundaries? You know, am I an extrovert, an introvert? What's, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of people out there that are, just aren't comfortable sharing all their personal details and the great Mm -hmm. thing is is you don't have to it's your business you can do whatever you want to um but i spend a lot of time thinking about repurposing content yes adding lots of value um and knowing that there are probably not people out there that are going to see one thing from me or hear me on one interview and make a bunch of purchases that I have to give them lots of free content and lots of value. And, and in my own community, since this is the brick and mortar reporter Mm -hmm. show, I've got to be out there doing face to face things, giving service. So what, what I see with social media is it's not, something that's a standalone strategy for your business that, uh, for example, I'll see people every Sunday um, at my spiritual community that will say, hey, I listened to your podcast or I saw that you posted this on Facebook or I saw you Uh went to this restaurant. How was that? And that's Mm -hmm. the combination of things. It's really just an extension of my personality that – you know, that I see someone in person and it's a way for them to know more of me without, um, you know, going to on vacation together. Right. Yeah. Um, And I I think that's that's important because they're seeing you as a person, not just as your business as well. uh, Right. And and I wanted to address what you said about we feel like we have to be everywhere and all the time. And um, there was a time for that. But I my opinion now is 
high quality content and less mm-hmm. posting and think about how you want to be addressed by someone. Like I don't want to be bombarded with someone's information and I don't, right. um, you know, I'm, you're a smart person. I'm a smart person. We know what we need in our business. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to Google someone or look them up on Facebook and see what others have said um, because social capital is very important. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And I didn't, I didn't mention that, but I do spend time on Yelp and I, I spend, I spend an effort with my clients asking for feedback, um, because that's an important part of it. Um, so social media is such a big, big topic for someone just starting out. I would advise them to, um, to, to go, there's so many free webinars and free teleclasses Mm -hmm. and free meetup groups, um, before you get on there, if you're uncomfortable, I would go out and, and get educated and find someone that's willing to spend a little time with you to talk about your business. Because you could pay someone a couple hours um, to help mm. you understand your strategy versus, sure. you know, we, we make the mistake of thinking, oh, I'm on Facebook. I know what I to do, do with that. that with business. And it, it doesn't it's a it's a complex um, marketing initiative if you're trying to market your business. And, it, and to do it well, you, you do need to kind of have a, a plan and a strategy in place. Absolutely. I think that's the, 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 number two, uh, the number two thing to do. The first thing to do is to think about where are the people that you want to be talking to because sure. they might not be on Facebook. They might not be right. on LinkedIn. They might be in some small forum talking, and that's where you need to be. Absolutely. So if you go where they are, um, you automatically set the ground for, for having engagement. Right. And that's what I think so many social um, media channels uh, get get the small business owner confused. They're like, well, I'm on Twitter and I didn't get anything out of it. And it's like, well, your avatar is not on Twitter. So, of course, that it's no wonder you didn't get a good return on that investment. So great advice there from um, a social media person. And I like that, you know, you just didn't say, I think everybody needs to get on Facebook or everyone needs to post this and three times a day and this and the other. And But it, it is. It's about really backing up from that and saying, hold on, who am I talking to and what do I want to talk to them about? So I love that advice. Now, before we go, I know that you have um, – some things to offer, and you have um, some things that uh, we can point our listeners to to find you online. And uh, I should also mention that you have a podcast. It's the Life Purpose Advisor podcast that uh, launched at the beginning of this year and is doing very well. And I know they can uh, put that in their their uh, smartphone as a, a resource to try to help them uh, get where they want on that next phase of their life. But uh, I kind of wanted to give you an opportunity to promote anything going on with your listeners and I mean, with our to our listeners, anything going on with your business and give them an opportunity to find you online as well. Thank you so much for that. And and I'm grateful for the podcasting community that you and I have met each other in. It's such a, an honor to have people out there listening to us um, on our podcasts and being able mm-hmm. to change the world in that way. Um, but you can find me at www.lifepurposeadvisor.com. I'd also love to connect with you on Facebook. My Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash lifepurposeadvisor. I'm out there on all the social media outlets, uh, either under Life Purpose Advisor or Angie Sports. Um, okay. And I love to hear from people that have heard us talking today and Absolutely. and get their feedback for both of us. That would be wonderful. Sure. Um, and we'll link up to all these places on our show notes page. So if you're driving around or at the gym or whatever um, and you want to get in touch with Angie, simply go to our show notes page for this episode and you will find all the ways to get in touch with her because we'll put them all there for you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, I'm I'm running a class in May about okay. finding your life purpose, and I'd love to be able to offer a promotion to your oh, yeah. listeners if you're interested in that. Absolutely. We love being able to give um, a little bit of a edge to our people by giving them a little bit of a deal. So what have you got for us? Well, it's a big, rich class. So what you get, it's a six-week teleclass. You also mm. get uh, a coaching session with me, 90 minutes. Um, you get two personality assessments, and we work through a plan of finding your life purpose. And mm. a lot of it is readying yourself to be open to seeing that purpose. Um, 
But the class on my website is seven ninety nine for all of those things, and I'd okay. love to offer your listeners two hundred dollars off. Oh wow, that's all fantastic! What a great deal. Because honestly, if you think about it, you know, doing doing the work before you really jump into business. I mean, even if you're making an investment of, of $799 or $599, whatever the investment is, you can so see the return on your investment with how you take your business uh, out and how you even approach starting your business if you do the work ahead of time. And I think, you know, the, the coaching alone, the assessments alone, um, and spending that time doing that will make so so much more than $799 in value come back to your business. So I definitely agree with that. So we'll link up to that, and we have a coupon code to get that discount. Yes. If someone's interested in buying that class, they can enter BAMR200. Mm-hmm. So that's Brick and Mortar Reporter, BAMR200. 200. Perfect. And that will get you $200 off that uh, course and six-week uh live course running that is geared toward really helping you find what you should be doing in life and and those uh, doing the work really behind getting your life in order, so to speak. And I think Angie's got a great um, platform to be able to impact you. And if you'd like to continue uh, listening to some of the uh, things she has to offer with her group, you can actually go and listen to her on iTunes. Well, you're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. What other platforms can people find the Life Purpose Advisor podcast, Angie? Uh, We've got a couple other platforms in process, but I think we're on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spreaker right now. Okay, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spreaker. So you can find whether you're an iPhone user or Android user, um, either way you can find it. And that would also give you um, some insight into uh, what Angie's doing and what she can also help uh, do in your life with a class. So I, Angie, you have been um, just a wealth, a powerhouse of information and knowledge uh, from so much of your experience and your business journey. And I just appreciate so much you coming on the show today and talking to us about it and sharing and being open to talk about the failures and the, the little gaps in, in the things that you learned from to make your business what it is today. So I cannot thank you enough for all that you've done to to share with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I am grateful to be able to to influence your your group and to be of service. Before I leave you today, let me remind you one more time that this podcast is sponsored by Team Podcast. It's the one-stop shop for all of your podcast support services. So there's no need to be overwhelmed and feel like you don't have time to do everything that needs to be done to create a great podcast. Simply put Team Podcast to work for you. Get all your podcast support services for one affordable monthly fee. And then you go create great content. Simply go to teampodcast.com. That's teampodcast.com and take advantage today. All right. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. I'm Nick Unsworth of Life on Fire, reminding you that building your business happens step by step. Whether you're just starting or growing your business, use what you heard in this interview today to build a strong foundation for your business. Make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast in iTunes. And remember, when you have the choice, choose local. 